Hello everyone, my name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong and welcome to Cracking Addiction. And once again, we've got the good Mr. Stephen Hurd with us. Hello, Steve. Hi, Fergal. How are you today? I'm I'm pretty well. And you? I'm pretty good. So I thought we'd uh, we'd try and get through the, the final tranche of risk factors for lethality in the context of family violence. Um, one of the risk factors that we haven't yet talked about is the, the, the behavior of perpetrators towards pets and property. What do you think about that as a risk factor for family violence? Yeah, the uh, violence against um, pets and, and animals is, um, is an identified risk factor. Mm. Um, the rationale around that is is to get to the victim typically the pets pets are part of our families these days yeah uh, they yeah. might have been uh, otherwise many many years ago but um, but pets are, are becoming part and parcel of families and what um, perpetrators can do is see that relationship and see if they can make threats to the animal that will change mm. and potentially have an impact on, on their partner more than having a threat than threatening the partner herself. Mm. Uh, because, yeah. because her choices then are, well, I, I, well, her decision-making may be along the lines of, um, of, oh, well, I can withstand your violence, but I'm not going to let you harm my, my dog yeah. or my cat or my, or my pet. And then, so that's protective of the pet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got elements of control there. You've got, and as you say, I can withstand the punches, but not not anyone else. Um, and I, again, you know, it, it, for me, that that incident highlights the narcissism and the psychopathy uh, behind behind that behaviour, where animals and people are simply seen as extensions of themselves and their rights. And you know it's all about uh, object possession. And there's no, there's no mutual. There's, there's absolutely no shred of mutual respect. Absolutely, absolutely none. But mm. it's about yeah. it's about this perpetrator wanting to get their own way mm -hmm. uh, through whatever means they've got at their disposal in their own personal skill set. All I can say is uh, harm to pets, whether it's a Threatening to pets uh, or direct mm. physical assault uh, is a is a risk factor. If we hear that in the story of mm. a uh, of a victim or a perpetrator, even then mm. that speaks speaks a lot around the family violence risk. The other the other aspect of pets is uh, a woman will stay in a relationship because of the pet. Yeah. Um, if she's not able to go somewhere that accepts a pet, um, accommodation or refuge or other sanctuary, mm -hmm. uh, there'll be no way she would leave. So in, in some sense, it's treated very much like a child. You would a child. Yeah. That same connection. Yeah. And that's and well, that's, and that's are seen important as children. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's sort of under, uh, and that's seen and targeted by a by a perpetrator. Mm. For their own, yeah. own need for control. Yeah, and you know, I I can just hear I, the the following phrases reverberate. Look what you made me do, or I had to do that. She made me do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Look what you made me do. You made me do this. Yeah. It's your fault that the pet is dead. Yeah. And that kind of narrative, that kind of narrative of blaming the other, putting the responsibility mm. on the other, yeah. it's not strictly a, a risk factor, but, no. it, but it does go into us, to our assessment of, of uh, a level of perpetration. Yeah. Having that blame, justification, minimizing and, and denying uh, mm. Violence all go into a uh, a narr- um, an attitudinal set uh, that a, a perpetrators generally have. Yeah, and really, it's, it's it's when you're ready to kill a pet, you're almost there to to kill a partner, aren't you? Um, I, I I'm really not sure if I can comment on that. I would hope. I would hope not. Um, well, I mean, that's that's what we're talking about, well, isn't it? You know, this when, is, when partner. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's, it's and, only a small step, you know, because if a pet is a family member. No, and and, and we do have to be clear: the, these risk factors we're mm-hmm. talking about, it's not the risk that family violence is going to happen; it's the risk that the partner is going to get killed. Yeah, and that that is the risk. It's it's not about we've identified family violence is, is happening. Mm. By, by hearing any one of these risk factors, yeah. But the, the the case for, if we want to build up a case, want to build up a formulation, mm. uh, or levels of risk, really rely on us knowing and appreciating how these risk factors might be might be disclosed, might be talked about. Then it's up to me yeah. as a clinician to interpret them and and mm. uh, and build a build a set. Of, of the current risk factors that then go into play as to is it is it uh, um, what what level of risk it will become. Yeah, yeah. But um, and let's not forget. I mean, you know, as, as squeamish as 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 this sounds, or as difficult a conversation as this is, let's not forget. There's one basic fact: more than one woman a week dies as a result of violence from a current or ex-partner. That's right. That's right, and that's uh, and that's not changing. That's not changing, no, not quickly enough. No. Um, let's talk about jealousy. Jealousy, because that's that's a risk factor for lethality. But how do you define jealousy? Well, what what sort of comes to mind, I guess, when you talk about jealousy, it's obsessive. It's a, it's obsessive jealousy. I think we've touched mm. on it a, a little bit around that i that idea of. Um, uh, multiple phone calls, multiple texts that might get mm. interpreted by the by the female partner as, as a sign of love or whatever. Mm. It could be uh, exampled as um, of accusing the partner of cheating, mm. you know, with a friend down the street or or the person down the street or the boss or whoever it might be. Um, it could be. How else could it be interpreted? For, or how else we might hear that? Because we're not going to well, we're, we're not going to say we're not going to hear from a perpetrator or a or a victim they're jealous. We're just going to hear these no. scenarios. We're just going to hear these behaviours. Yeah. I mean, I think when I when I hear jealousy in this context, I am also reminded of what you know you, you would call Othello syndrome in psychiatry, especially there's a range of jealousies, there's a range of jealous behaviours. But when you get to the point of delusional jealousy. You know the story of Othello from Shakespeare. Please, please tell for those of us who don't. 
Well, you know, Othello was basically a very successful general, and I think he was in Venice. And he was basically made to become to become convinced of the infidelity of his wife by a, a, a colleague called Iago. And ultimately, Othello ended up killing his wife. I think his wife's name was Desdemona. Well, that's the story. Yeah, and so that's that's where we get the phrase Othello syndrome, which which refers to delusional jealousy, and that's a risk factor for for death because. You know, if you've got someone who is delusionally jealous of you, you know, you might just, you know, say hello to a, a passing stranger or give directions to a passing stranger. And that might then engender so much jealousy that that then triggers violence, which then leads to death. It, it could easily so do. It could easily do. It's actually very, very, very dangerous to yeah. have a partner who's suffering from that. And whilst that is a mental illness, that's that's really an extreme description of, of the range of jealousy that we can see. I, I recall a little scenario I did provide in one of our first episodes when we were talking about family violence and control. And, and I think mm-hmm. I painted a scene at a nightclub mm-hmm. and, the, yeah. and the male goes off to the, the bathroom and comes back and finds the, the partner's talking to a guy at the bar. Yeah. And then how do, we, how do we picture what happens next? In the mm. jealousy side, well, there may or may not be a, an altercation at the bar, but chances are there'll be repercussions back at home. Yeah. Wait till you get home. Wait till you get home in the quiet yeah, of, of the home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about sexual violence as a risk factor for lethality? It is, it is classed as a high risk factor, again. Mm-hmm. Again, it comes in a range of forms of, at one end is rape. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I guess when I talk about rape in relationships, you know, it was only in the 90s, it was only in the 90s that rape was made illegal within, within marriage. Yeah. Prior to that, it wasn't. How could, yeah, how could it, it be right? right? How could it be, yes. It was a man's right. It, exactly. And a wife's role to be obedient. Mm, male privilege again. Absolutely. And that, that maintains. Mm. Um, but to really do its service, I, I really can't talk about it I, I'm, in the sense of, well, I'm a man. Yeah. I, I could trivialise it to, say... It includes such things as uh, belittling my partner's appearance you know, in public at a, mm. at a, at a, at a friend's um, barbecue or whatever. Mm. But, uh, but the significance of it, I really can't grapple with. Um, yeah. I, um, I haven't experienced it and I, and I can't speak for that experience. Um, yeah. So I feel, I feel a bit uncomfortable in, in really trying mm. to describe it. Probably a man's view, though, in the sense of it's a power we have. There's, there's rape used in war to control um, groups. Um, and uh, exerting, yeah, I, I exer- think exerting what we say is our need, our biological need, yeah. uh, over someone else's right to safety. Well, I was going to say, actually, it's not necessarily about... Uh, biological need is more about dominance and control. Mm. When it's used as a weapon, 
Yeah. It's not about needs or biology necessarily. No, well, that that would be the naive argument, but but rape isn't about yeah. rape isn't about sex. Yeah, rape is about no. control. Mm. Which feeds back to the the original wheel, the, the, the power and control wheel, doesn't it? The sexual violence is part of the power and control wheel that we talk about, uh, that we've talked about in previous episodes. And for me, um, one of the most interesting questions that, that that I find very telling is, you know, what happens or what would happen if you said no to your partner? When the context has been set that we are actually having a, a, a discussion around family violence, and when the, when the victim understands that we're trying to do an assessment of lethality, it is one of the questions that I ask. I ask, you know, what, you know, what would happen if you said no? And another, I suppose really a question before that I would also ask is, do you find yourself acquiescing to intercourse? What sort of answers do you get? I once had a woman look at me and goes, oh, all the time, hmm. all the time. And then my next question is, well, what would happen if you said no? And then I was told, well, I've never said no because I, I fear the consequences. These aren't, these aren't unique behaviors. All these risk factors, the parent control will, they're mm. not unique behaviors. They're, systematic across the male gender as things mm. that we as part of that gender do. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, you know, we've, we've been through a number of risk factors over a number of episodes. And I think really it's almost, it's really important to always bring it back to the fact that why, why are we even having these conversations? And really, you know, we know that family violence is a gendered behavior. It's, it's a choice, it's power and control. And there are factors that make it more more lethal, and you know, they, so you cannot shirk from the responsibility that you have as a clinician to address these issues properly. Yeah, and we're starting to structure ourselves up to be able to hear the mm. story in a family violence context, mm. evaluate the risk based on these risk factors identify what risk level that person might be at. And given that risk level, there are a set mm. of responses that we should enact. Yeah. Look, we've run out of time again, Steve. I want to thank you for your expertise and I look forward to chatting with you again very soon. Thank you. Same here, Fergal. Thank you. That's all for today, folks. My name's Dr. Fergal Armstrong and this has been Cracking Addiction. Mm.